been wanting to do a podcast and we're gonna do this casual. Woo! Here, foul. Oh, shit. breaker. We're going to sing campfire songs? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's go with what we got. Um, hold on, hold on. By the fire. Come on. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Right. Yep. <laughs> well, good to see you. There's a hell of a lot of worse places to be than right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look who stopped by to, to visit. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming over to GORAC. You're welcome, Jamie. We got Randy Smith with us tonight from Vasa Ski Club. Did you bring some stuff with you? You brought I... your own chair. I did. I probably don't need it, but I um, when I go camping, I bring along a, a little chair, and um, so this bench feels pretty comfortable right <laughs> I'm now. I'm kind of digging the bench. Uh, yeah, you used one of these. Uh, I love those. I did not own one yet. So I gave up my other camp chair, which used my air mattress, for this um, mm -hmm. little thing, and. Uh, this has been to uh, the Canadian Boundary Waters and um, all over Wisconsin and Michigan on bicycle camps. And now it's at uh, GORAC for how the long, first time. How long have you had that? This is probably four to five years old. Um, so it was, uh, f you know, they were the first ones. There's a lot of other ones out there now. It's uh, It weighs a fraction more than my old air mattress. Um, and uh, and so now, um, this is how I uh, I camp. Is that you I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> hey, and I and, and I got some cold beverages here. Oh, thank you. I need a cold beverage. Um, I've been out painting all. I have been painting blazes on our trails at GORAC. So, by the time you see this, thank you, sir. You're welcome. By the time you see this, all of our. Uh, five to six miles of trails out here will have brand new painted blazes that we've worked on really hard so I'm kind of excited about that but when we first met earlier today I had blue streaks all over my face. Paint on your neck yes. and something on your face. <laughs> I thought you had been in a, a jungle fight or something. Well, air cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I was going to say, all the people I admire in the world have Helinox chairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good come on. If it's not true, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, uh, it's a true story. And you mentioned the kind that your um, air mattress fits in, right? Yeah. So um, for, uh, you know, you know, after we got through crawling on all fours, you know, we stand up, you know. Um, I went to a, um, taking my air mattress and there's a, uh, you know, Thermarest makes a sleeve mm -hmm. that you can fold it into a, into a chair. Yes. And it's super comfy. It's, uh, you, it's folded over, uh, of course I started with the chair and then I went to the lounger. Mm -hmm. So you get up your, your feet on a pad. Um, but you take it out of your tent, you put it by the camp, you cook, and then you put it back. It's always going in and out. And, um... I was at a motorcycle shop in Duluth, Minnesota, on my way to the Quetico in oh, it's 2005 or uh, 15, okay. so five years ago, and uh, you know my favorite motorcycle shop, <laughs> and so and they had these. I'd never seen them before. I went, God, it's just over a pound. My roll-up thing had you know it had bars in it to keep it stiff yeah. and. And all that was just under a pound, so I only gained like 
half a pound, but I got up off the ground. So now cooking is easier, uh, life is better. Um, <laughs> and for me, I don't have to haul my mattress in out when I want it's time. Yeah. To, when I get tired and mm. I go, it's lights out, it's, I fold, I flip the chair over so nothing blows it away, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, and I dive into bed. And you're ready to go. You don't have to There's no, it. And, uh, and, and when I get out of bed in the morning, <laughs> I don't have to do anything but sit, over. you know. <laughs> yeah, the main reason for turning it over is so dew doesn't collect, yes. it, you know. Uh, Interesting story about the Thermarest kind. Uh, my wife and I, when we were dating, you know, you, you get into that like, especially if you're dating someone who is in the outdoors, you get into this kind of gear posturing. Like, oh, yeah. Well, what, kind, what do you got? You know, and like, <laughs> show me mine if I show you yours kind of thing. And uh, it turned out that both of us had the exact same collar and everything thermarest chair where you stuff your thermarest inside and it was just kind of another like moment from heaven that we were destined to be together. <laughs> I think it was called the thermal lounger wasn't it? Thermal lounger sounds right to me yeah. I, I'm I'm I don't remember exactly but yeah there you know so it's it's um you know it's been it's been fun to have been employed for a lot of years and buy gear and, um, yeah, it's upgrade. fun to do when you have money. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I think uh, being, you know, responsible and and budgeting is important. And I've had a recreation budget from. Uh, well, um, you asked me to to think about, you know, what it got me into this. Yeah. I bought my first sleeping bag and tent with S and H green stamps. Do you remember S and H no, bean stamps? Yeah, you're too young. I'm too young. Sorry, um, <laughs> but um, so for a reward for doing chores around, extra chores around the house, my mom would let me um, take the S and H green stamp. It was like the first big catalog kind of a thing. Okay. When um, when I was a kid in in the uh, late '60s, early '70s, and you'd paste, you get these stamps when you bought stuff. So this was a rewards program like you have on your credit card now. Yeah, and yeah. So this was like early, early rewards. And S&H was the huge catalog company. And you, you, everywhere you shopped, you know, they didn't have visas, right? So, or MasterCard with all these bonuses, things that, that, that didn't exist back then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you had these stamps as this reward system. And so I got to earn extra kudos around the house. I would get stamps and I would put them in this book and you know, it's a you know, it was about the you know, yay big, mm -hmm. and um, and then I got to spend them at the in the catalog. It was like, you know, it was you know, I was a little kid, you know, my you know, it was free extra for my mom shopping where she shopped anyway, yeah. and to get me to do stuff around those was an incentive, and then I saved up enough of those to where I could buy my first sleeping bag, nice. and I bought a. a a tent with two arcs in it. It's not really a dome, but kind of dome, a pseudo dome. Um, before dome tents were around, is it kind of where they go uh, These were laterally, and then there's like a tube? It was two fiberglass, uh, two fiberglass, um, yeah. basically rods that uh, you know they were. You know, it was made to pack down, but it, you know, it, it was fiberglass, and I mean, it wasn't canvas. It was uh, you know an early plastic, but it you know it weighed you know. 20 pounds or you know <laughs> yeah. backpacking tent you know for a 
12-year-old or 11-year-old. <laughs> and um, I mean, my backpacking was from the house to the backyard, right? <laughs> and But my folks encouraged me to, and allowed me the freedom to buy whatever I wanted. Mm. And I wanted to camp in the backyard, so I got a sleeping bag and I got a tent. And um, uh, I pitched it in the backyard. And I've probably been camping for 46 years, 48 mm. years um, in the backyard. How old were you then? I would have been 10 or 11. Why, like when you did all that work, why was it a tent and a sleeping bag? No idea. No? I mean, uh, I, you know, um, once upon a time when um, I noticed other people that weren't going outside. Yeah. And I was... Um, uh, talking to my mom about, uh, God, I can't believe these kids that won't go outside. I go, was it hard to get to me to go outside? She's like, nope. You know, it was pretty easy. And, um, and uh, I, I, I have uh, three older brothers. Um, uh, they encouraged me, you know, to do stuff one way or another. Um, uh, I started shooting a bow and arrow probably at six at mm. uh, Renaissance fairs. My mom sold arts and crafts, and I tagged a you know, five-year-old. I, mm. I went along with her, and there was a booth where you could shoot bow and arrows. And so I was dressed up as a peasant kid and, you know, shooting arrows over wherever. And um, a couple of years later, uh, my brother Jeff bought me a bow and arrow hmm. uh, for a Christmas present, and I've been an archer ever since. Wow. Um, um, my brother, uh, Gary, um, he liked to fish hmm. and we lived a couple of blocks from a, a lake and, um, you know, I'm, I'm like six years younger than Gary. And so I tag along with him, you know, as that five, six year old or whatever. And, you know, and, um, and we fished and hmm. we still fish together to this day. He came here, he's been here, I've been here like 25 years. He's probably been here. 15 times anyway, and we've gone, and I've taken him fishing. Hmm. Uh, steelhead, salmon, uh, you know, things that he doesn't, and we bass, we go grill up bass and pike fishing and bluegill fishing, catfish fishing. Hmm. And um, uh, my dad bought us a uh, make your own lures kit. Yeah. And um, he and I made our own flies, tried to learn to tie flies as, as uh, youngsters. So there was uh, encouragement from my folks and a pathway from my brothers. And then when I turned 13, so then I started camping in the backyard. Just, you know, it's just a nat it just Was natural. that a hook? Did you keep doing that? Uh, camping in the backyard? Yeah. Um, well, by, so at about 13, I started venturing out of the backyard. Okay. And, um, and uh, we had a place called Grassy Lake about a mile away that was... Um, available uh, to go camp with um, some, you know, people duck hunted there and there was one house on a pretty big lake and marsh, but it had, uh, the whole rest of it was owned by this country club. Hmm. And um, we had permission from the country club uh, to go recreate there. And my buddy's dad would duck hunt there. Okay. And so, um, so we started camping there, probably, probably at 12. Cause my oldest brother, Bob, he, um, he, for my 13th birthday, gave me a uh, wilderness camp and canoe camp in the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. Oh, nice. And so I grew up um, uh, an hour south of the Wisconsin border in northern Illinois. Right. Um, 
And so this was a long, you know, this was wilderness. I mean, this yeah. was all, and of course it was 100 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Give or take. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, 74. And I, um, and uh, my brother, Bob, he was the least camper of the bunch. I mean, he just, I don't, I've actually, that's the only time I've ever camped with him. I know he's camped a couple other times. Um, he, you know, so anyway, he, uh, he was out of college at this point and uh, working and he gave me this wilderness canoe trip where he, he uh, actually picked me up from a camp I was at in northern Wisconsin and drove me to northern Minnesota and we canoe camped in the wilderness uh, and I, I, I know I was 13 and I just haven't looked. I mean, uh, I, I think one other time when I was talking to you, uh, I, you know, my biggest adventure was going a little further north in the Boundary Waters. I've done a couple trips to Quetico now. Okay. And um, the longest one being 21 days in, uh, in a pretty remote wilderness. Wow. So, so yeah, I, uh, so I was encouraged by my folks. I was, in, you know, encouraged, encouraged by my brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely took it to the, uh, f the furthest. Uh, uh, life got in the way of everybody else. <laughs> And uh, I'm still buying camp chairs, and <laughs> and um, and I, I brought some other things that uh, everybody could to, to share with you here. What'd you bring? Well, I thought you know since it's um, you're having such a nice bonfire. Yeah. Um, I um, I brought a couple little devices. You ever seen one of these? Can't say as I have. What do you oh, think that? What do you think that is? I know what it is. Yeah. This is so that you can play um, Aquaman at Halloween. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. yeah, it has two purposes. Aquaman <laughs> at Halloween. That one's for you. Oh, is it? Thank then you. I'm going to use your. Uh, I'm going to use your kindling here. Yeah. And um, and uh, toss that in the fire, and um, you can finish the job. But I see if you can get that on the end of that. All right. I um, like it. And I, I'm going to take the one that the works. Hard work's already been done. Um, <laughs> And this look, you know, obviously you could roast a hot dog with these, um, but um, I brought s'mores. All right. Uh, you know, I already had dinner, and um, so I did. I stopped at the store because um, I had the other stuff at home. I got some marshmallows and um, some mini Hershey bars because right. um, these are the make the best. And uh, care for Thank you gotta you have it. You much. know the routine, I assume. I do. Uh, there's two or three kinds in here. Is there a dark chocolate? Uh, you'll have to look. I'll look. Um, I was uh, I had on my list to get Hershey bars and this superhero one, <laughs> and I kind of think of you as a superhero. And there is an Aquaman for the record. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. I'm serious. You're kidding me. I'm, we're doing Aquaman. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I got, um, these look like all milk chocolate. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. They melt better in s'mores anyway. Oh, I got, I got, um, a couple Supermans. Nice. I gotta, I'm gonna zoom, go ahead and set up. I'm gonna zoom in close so people can see what you've got. Um, but anyway, it's, you know, it's just a classic, you know, uh, marshmallows and uh, chocolate and uh, some graham crackers. Um, and, uh. Um, I happen to have a box of fresh, uh, uh, unopened Annie's, and uh, I got it at Oriana. And um, great store. 
Um, yeah, I mean they're all good. I think I think the chocolate came from Myers. Okay. Um, and I can't. I don't know where I got the. Actually, I do. Uh, the marshmallows came from Olson's. Okay. Because I, there was three. I mean, this. You uh, shopped the whole time. Not in one day. <laughs> so I've been accumulating these things. Where'd you get these? Yeah, I have no idea. No I, idea. I, um, uh, I, um, went, uh, some, I've had them for quite a few years. They fit in my, uh, I keep them in my camp, camp kitchen kit. Um, and, uh, oh, that would have been a fun thing. If you ever invite me back, I'll bring my camp kitchen kit. Oh, I'd love that. Um, I'm teaching, uh, so on our workshops online, I'm teaching how to have a lesson, how to uh, set up campsite. Nice. So what do you do in the outdoors now? Um, out in the outdoors, well, I do a lot of personal recreation, that's for sure. Um, but um, what, I, what I do for, uh, in, uh, in the community in Grand Traverse County, it's actually the Vasa Ski Club. I, um, oh, he's going for a double. Um, <laughs> and um, the, um, uh, so locally here, we're based out of Traverse City, but we we're actually working in a five county region, same as Rotary. Um, and um, and uh, the, so Leelanau, Benzie, Antrim, uh, Grand Traverse and Kalkaska counties. You and- like, um, You like them burnt. Well, I don't prefer them that way, but when you talk and you, <laughs> you roast, um, sometimes you get distracted. We're driving dangerous, talking and roasting. We're talking and roasting. <laughs> and um, anyway, so our, our club uh, is trying to service kids in uh, cross-country skiing and adults. And um, we picked a service area about, I don't know, 10 years ago, and it was those five counties. And um, uh, we're a membership club. VasaSkiClub.org, uh, and um, we get a new online presence, and uh, we basically have programs for kids from uh, elementary school through uh, adults. Um, we do some racing. We used to do only racing for 20 years, the uh, Traverse Nordic Ski Club, um, and then about 10 years or so ago, uh, some folks, this was before I got uh, hooked up with them, they started um, their, uh, they wanted to get it more into teaching and, um, and growing the sport through learning skills. And, um, and they've always done some, but it's not that they wanted to de-emphasize the, um, the racing, but they wanted to add. Mm. And so, um, so we, we uh, added, you know, uh, Nordic Rocks program and some trails days and all kinds of cool stuff. And, uh, and, now, we, um, and now we're actually merging with the high school um, to, that program has worked into a co-op program with St. Francis and the public schools in Traverse City. Mm -hmm. And... Years ago, we, we dabbled in this because there were some homeschool kids who wanted to ski race. Mm -hmm. And so we joined forces so they could race under the, uh, basically our leadership within the Vasa Ski Club. And so now we're, um, 
the school systems and the high school team have uh, uh, grown apart. And so uh, the high school team uh, is run by the parents. Um, and, you know, it's a parent organization. And so they came to us, you know, I don't know, some a, little while, a while back, said, can we can we make this all one? Right? And then do we need two ski clubs, right? Mm. And um, so we're working through the details of uh, one program. And it just makes total sense. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, this is, uh, you know, a little bit ahead, a cart a little bit ahead of the horse, but um, everybody's in favor and we're just working out the details of... Uh, because uh, we, you know, there were 55 kids in the high school program. We have 80-some uh, in our middle school program. And um, oh, several thousand actually touch skis in the elementary now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think 13 different elementary schools last year. Um, and so uh, we're growing. Mm -hmm. And um, we, our club just decided to provide an incentive program for coaches so that coaches can get continue to get training and we've dabbled in training for training coaches for I'm gonna guess five years and mm -hmm. you know kind of some peaks and valleys and what we're trying to do is take the valleys out and connect the peaks because we've got um, great cooperation from uh, the United States uh, uh, Ski and Snowboard Association it's the USSA um, they do the high-end uh, Jesse Diggins ski racing stuff mm -hmm. And um, quite frankly, they're they're the you know they're the most knowledgeable at how to be the most efficient on skis, mm -hmm. and so we have that in our mix. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's a professional ski instructor uh, association, so PSIA, and so we have that in our mix too. Um, they're sort of like the resort base. Like you could be, you could have a link with a, a PSIA instructor, mm -hmm. and um, they could uh, do clinics here. Um, and what we want to do is bring the PSAA instruction. We've done this for three years now. Uh, so January, like the first weekend of January, dates aren't set yet, but essentially the early January, we'll bring a professional ski instructor to Traverse City. And we've been doing this so that our coaches can all speak the same language and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But we're going to now up the ante so that if you wanted to become a certified coach, mm -hmm. we're going to cover um, uh, either some or all of that cost based on your commitment to the club. Mm -hmm. So if you commit to the club to be a leader, mm -hmm. we're going to pay for everything. If you commit to be an assistant, um, we'll pay for half of it. So we're trying to provide incentives sort of like the SNH Green Stamp model. Guess where this came from? <laughs> that connected. Um, well, <laughs> you know, all things are. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but I think it's a you know skin in the game. There's a lot of different phrases for it, depending on the the circle you're talking. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, but but the club bought you know the the club's buying this as a whole. We're we have a 12 member board. I think we're going to grow to 13 to 15, and um, and uh, we're we're doing more stuff. We think because of the COVID pandemic stuff. What they're telling us from the USSA is that uh, the pent-up demand for people, you know, mm -hmm. doing community stuff and outdoor stuff, um, that cross-country skiing is on par for high higher participation rates than we've seen in the past. So mm -hmm. new people trying it. So even more important to have skilled instructors and be prepared for 
larger amounts of people because we're naturally social distancing. We're wearing gloves and hats and masks sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're outside, you mm-hmm. know, um, how to... You got skis on. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the skiing is what we're going to teach them mm-hmm. or, or help them improve, take them to the next level, um, and, uh, and hopefully show them how to enjoy being outside on snow. <laughs>